HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. Hey, what's up? This is Jack Inslee, host of Full Service Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this show, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The in that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte, and we have some awesome guests on the show today. I think it was about seven or maybe eight years ago, uh, some of my buddies who, actually people who have been on the show uh, quite a few times, Brian Miller and Capel Townsend and Phil Ward and Nate DeMoss, all these people, uh, they were like, hey man, let's uh, let's go grab a, grab a drink. It was one day after brunch. And uh, they're like, let's go grab a drink and play some pool at the Brooklyn Inn. And I was like, the Brooklyn Inn? Oh, shit. I've never been there before. And I've passed by it a few times. Uh, but now it's a place that I feel like I'm very familiar with <laughs> after all these years. But you know what? I don't think I have the whole story. So in the studio today, would like for... My good buddies, Tom and Joel from Brooklyn. You guys know quite a bit about this subject and actually you've written a book about it a, a little bit ago and you just celebrated your hundred and thirtieth birthday. And why don't you why don't you give us a rundown, man? There's probably a probably too much to say in thirty minutes, but uh why don't you give me uh give me a little bit of a history lesson here today? Well, you know, actually Damon, I think it was about 115 years ago, that when you stopped in and you've been drinking there ever since, so, uh, it's been a uh, it's been a nice long run. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised I made it. <laughs> Nothing changes over there. <laughs> uh, Joel is really the, uh, the the man behind the pen. You know, uh, I the the equate the pleasure of becoming good friends with Joel from across the lumber, and uh, he'd already been doing research about. Uh, the history of the inn. Yeah, you know, um, 
what happened was uh, there were a lot of, you know, I've been hanging out there for a long time, and, and um, there were a lot of people t- said, well, you know, the bar's old. Obviously, it looks old, but what was going on? You know, how'd this happen? And people thought, had different theories about it, and I thought, you know what? We've got to go figure this out. We've got to go find out what happened. And uh, so I just started to dig up the information, you know, and I found out 1885, that was it. That's when they July were, 21st. That's right. Man, I, I was... I was lucky enough to be there on the uh, the night of the 130th. That was that was really cool. It was a special night. That was a night. good time. It was a very good time. Um, and uh, I, you know, before that, you know, hanging out there, uh, it just happens to be like in my neighborhood, and also happens to be just a few blocks down from from my bar too, which is great. It's very convenient for me. I know you probably see too much of me over there, but uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, in 130 years, I'll be dropping into Grand Army. <laughs> Hopefully, man. Yeah, it's not on this wood. Um, so, yeah. So, how did you research this bar? Like, where, where did you start getting information? Well, from? you know, I went to the city and uh, went to the city archives, New York City archives on Chambers Street, and started to look up um, information about that address. And I noticed uh, in 1885 the taxes went up. The property taxes. And I thought, hmm, something happened here. <laughs> and uh, so I um, I uh, so I just kept digging. And, and you know what? There's uh, the Brooklyn Public Library keeps um, the, the, all the uh, Brooklyn Daily Eagle newspaper issues. And um, you can do some searching there. And I did some searching at the Brooklyn Historical Society. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom and I went poking around the uh, surrogate court and read the wills of uh, people involved with that property. Yeah, I mean, Joel's a maniac because, I mean, throughout all this research, we're, we're pulling dusty files and books out of these, you know, the, the guys out of the, at, at the, uh, the, the city offices were looking at us like, the hell are you guys doing <laughs> blowing the dust off these ledgers you know from the 1880s and next thing you know we end up up in a middle village in queens at the lutheran german lutheran cemetery you know looking for a tombstone <laughs> you know, went up there with a bar rag and a, a bottle of german beer and some cheese yeah. and bread and found the uh the original well the tombstone of anton Ziner, who was the uh he found at the bar. He found at the bar. He opened it in 1885, and we we went up there and he, we found his tombstone. He hadn't wow. had a, he hadn't had a visitor in quite a while, but uh, we we took a knee, took the bar rag, soaked in a little beer, and what cleaned it, made sure his, his grave was kept clean. That's amazing. That was a good time. So you know, it goes from like the. Uh, from from the uh, the stacks of a library, and then you end up in the middle of a cemetery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a beautiful journey. You know? <laughs> That's amazing, man. I I know that uh, Dave Wondrich is uh, a frequenter of. Yeah, Brooklyn. Dave comes by all the time. Yeah, he he has a uh, kind of a similar story about finding a. You know Jerry Thomas's grave. That's right. He went out to Jerry, Jerry to Professor Jerry Thomas. They yeah. went out there and hoisted one up and mixed some drinks. Which is something I've wanted to. Were you, were you on that trip? I, I know there was a bunch of guys, Dale and Julie Reiner. They met up at the another old bar, the the Old Town Bar. Sure, the Old they, Town. They, they sure. met up there, and sure. I got there a little late, and then I just kind of like I didn't, I wasn't able to uh, join because 
they were they were moving fast. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if I was going to be able to catch up with them. But you know, that's heard- another great thing about uh, about doing the about working with with Joel and doing the research for this book is that you know Joel being a wise man to begin with, but also an architect and with a great aesthetic, uh, points out certain details about the bar that when you walk into uh, a saloon somewhere else, you immediately drawn to those details mm-hmm. and. It enriches your experience no matter where, no matter what bar you walk into. And in New York, we have the opportunity to, you know, to dip into yeah, you great know, that's, places like that's the really Old Town, the, McSorley's, and stuff. Yeah. That's one of the amazing things about the Brooklyn Inn is is that it's it's you know you walk in and you say, well, this bar is a little you know faded, a little bit uh, worn out, and it's true. And but but you can feel it. You can feel that deep history there, and and the evidence yeah. is is just all around you. Yeah, the the first things that I noticed about it, because I've always been really in architecture as well, and, and especially like old bars, you know, like looking at the old Brunswick Ball Colander yeah, sure. cal- uh, oh, uh, right, catalog, sure, you know, and seeing all the, you know, the detailed work mm-hmm. that you can mm-hmm. essentially pull from and, uh, you know, things like the stained glass windows that are up above, like where the kitchen used to be. That's and, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, it, like, it, it's just like, and plus like the, the really really tall ceilings and those those mirrors behind the bar are you know it's grand it's it's yeah it's it's a grand space and uh that was the idea at the time was to make a a saloon and a saloon was was a was a salon it was meant to be a beautiful room and it was meant to elevate and uh those guys invested a lot of their money and a lot of their effort uh to make that happen um it was a german bar uh, run by Germans. It was backed by a German brewery that um, was based here in Bushwick, where we're sitting right now. And uh, they had German wood carvers and German uh, stained glass uh, makers. And um, that's what brought it together. And and the details, too. I mean, there's even a swastika in, in there. Uh, of course, it predates the World War II and all that. But... Um, yeah, there's some symbols in there um, relevant to their to their the, history. The swastika it predated what what Adolf Hitler would take and mm-hmm. and twist it into his own sure. perverted vision. Because the, uh, traditionally, the swastika was a symbol of it was life, right? It was well, or, yeah. What was the, what was the German? What, what was the well? You know, the the the, the, the symbol um, in in Indian and and uh, South Asian cultures uh, meant good luck and. And uh, but the Germans felt they had a connection to it, um, and and they used it as a symbol um, in the 19th century. Uh, it symbolized the German people and 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 unification of of the German people. Um, but th- it was uh, so it was something that they included in, in when they built the bar. Wow, that's amazing! So it predated the Third Reich by oh yeah yeah, yeah. It was yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> it was a it was a positive symbol right when, yeah. when it was a it positive was symbol emblazoned yes. in, in the in the in the tin ceilings in each corner of the bar and, and it's still there today. Wow! Another another symbol that you find underneath the bar is oh, yeah. carved I into like the wood one. is the uh, Volknut. Volknut and the <laughs> Volknut like is uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a three three uh, part knot knot uh, of a of a line and um it's a symbol of the god odin and the, the three parts mean or, or symbolize um man's physical capability and inspiration and intoxication oh yeah <laughs> that's awesome man. we try to live up to that each night <laughs> join us <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, it's, yeah, it's, obviously, it's a very beautiful bar, and I love the fact that it has been 
preserved. I mean, like, you know, American culture doesn't really allow for us to preserve things like bars you know like yeah. it's usually it's like all right well it's a fucking bar like yeah we let's turn it into some <laughs> condos or whatever but it's it's amazing that it's been around for no, so it is. long you know it's a survivor and and yeah. there, are, there aren't that many of them I mean, you mentioned the old town mm-hmm. uh is another one and um white horse tavern and finelli's and mcsorley's yeah um mcsorley's mm-hmm. um so there, there aren't that many you know that this is this is an old saloon and and most of them didn't survive prohibition, or they got remodeled too. Yeah. Kind of like, you oh, know, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that's why I think one of the charms of the Brooklyn Inn is that, you know, a, a lot of places maybe they've turned into almost have like museum qualities or disqualities. The, the, the Brooklyn Inn just is still like a just a old working gal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a little bit battered, a little bit worse for wear, but it's still. You know, till it, the bar is kind of uh, leaning. Down. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's like it sagging does. a yeah, little it bit. Sags in the center a little bit when you, <laughs> at the right angle. A you, pinball will roll to the center. Yeah, if you're not if you're not careful, your drink could just slide away from you. But you know, Tom, like Thomas Wolfe would said about the, the the concourse of Grand Central, that when you walk to the center, you could hear the sound of time. You know, the great murmur of the Grand Concourse. And I remember walking into the Brooklyn Inn uh, for the first time and stopping and recalling Thomas Wolfe and thinking, like, in that room, that beautiful, tall ceiling room, you can hear the sound of time in there. You know, you can Absolutely, f- man. feel ghosts. You can feel, uh, you know, good times. You can see blood and tears and liquor on the bar all mixed together in a beautiful swirl and I think that you know that it, it still happens today and I think that's why it's still strong the Brooklyn Inn going strong absolutely man and you know it's funny you know like I mentioned at the beginning of the show it's like it's also there's a you know with with New York City well really any city man you know we're especially with like the Renaissance of like the revival of like classic cocktails. Right. You know, we've we've gotten into these old bars again. Like a lot of us, man, that have been into this for quite some time. You know, we we seek out these places. You know, these other saloons and establishments in New York City, and it's like this one. You know, you don't see like like a lot of the other old bars. It's like it's not covered in bullshit like Guinness ads and like clovers for like St. Patrick's Day from like seven years ago. Or right. Whatever. There's, there's not a there's it's not a very, trace of neon in there. Right. Or, yeah. And it's just it's it's so it's really it's like a time warp, man. And I remember I remember going in before uh, like years ago when there was still a kitchen off right. behind the behind the bar. And I mean, I know it's grandfathered in to where like you don't necessarily have to have food for your liquor license and all that stuff, but turning that that side room where was a kitchen into like that little parlor room yeah. was like huge. And like I've definitely spent some times in there with like some friends, just like hanging out, and, like. And then you kind of get like, and then there's also the other like side, kind of like parlor room, like right across from the bar, that little like cubby, like yeah, that stuff is like, it's just. Man, if you sit in there, it just it it really takes you away, man. And it's really, I think it's super it's super important for us, especially in New York City, because like 
it's not a vacation town, man. We we work hard, and it's like it's nice to have that that kind of like transporting. Location, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it, to promote it, romance. To promote <laughs> romance, yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's serving the same purpose that it did the day it opened. Yeah, that's and, right. And uh, and you can you can feel it. You you know when you're in there, you know that this has been going on for 130 years. You know, we we we're the same guys that were sitting there 130 years ago. Yeah. And, I, and I've been there since 1903, so <laughs> I should know. You're as old as Harley Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Miller High Life at that. Oh, that's right. Actually, right. <laughs> Which yeah. I usually enjoy in there. Yes, we do, <laughs> we do probably serve Miller products. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break, guys. And when we get back, All we'll right. continue talking about the Brooklyn Inn with Tom Joel. Just a moment. Dig. Hi, this is Harry Rosenblum, host of Feast Your Ears here on Heritage Radio Network. This is my first season as a host, but at the Brooklyn Kitchen, we've been supporting Heritage Radio for many years, and I really believe in what Heritage does. It is a fantastic network that really highlights everything that is going on in food in America, from restaurant openings to farms uh, to my show, where I feature interesting people with interesting stories related to food. But Heritage is a not-for-profit. We don't make any money. Uh, most of the hosts do this because we love to do it, and we really do need your help as listeners. We'd love to have you listen, whether you can give any money or not. The website will still be up. You can still stream your favorite shows. But if you do like the programs here on Heritage Radio, we really would encourage you to go to the website, heritageradionetwork.org, click on the beating heart in the upper right-hand corner, and give whatever you can if you drink coffee every afternoon while you listen to shows on heritage then maybe you can give us the cost of a cup of coffee once in a while if you want to become a larger member there's all kinds of great things you get if you become a member of the station and a larger supporter so please join me join the brooklyn kitchen join our other great sponsors and become a member and we are back you're listening to the speakeasy on heritage radio network we have tom and joel Speaking of the Brooklyn Inn uh, in Borum Hill in Brooklyn, New York, um, we're just actually, you know what, uh, Joel, you mentioned that, you know, some of these old breweries, uh, like especially, you know, the Otto Huber uh, mm-hmm. brewery was, you know, back in the day, like, you know, cocktail books and bars were sponsored by breweries and, and distilleries that's and right you were saying right. you're mentioning that a lot of these breweries were yeah, right the, around here the auto auto huber brewery was very close by to where we're sitting right now and um just a couple blocks right? yeah that's right and bushwick um bushwick was the german neighborhood uh back then it was referred to as the eastern district because brooklyn was expanding uh back in the middle of the 19th century and they added uh, the towns of, of Bushwick and Williamsburg, and they were always referred to as the Eastern District, but they were the nickname was Dutchtown, and the Germans lived here, and they had the breweries, and Otto Huber Brewery was the second largest one, um, after the Rheingold Brewery, and they financed bars. They lent money to bar owners. They bought buildings with bars in them. 
they owned effectively either through uh, uh, holding a mortgage or owning the or owning the building outright. They owned uh, thousands of, of bars, wow. and um, they financed the Brooklyn Inn. They loaned the money to Anton Zeiner uh, when he wanted to open up a great bar, and they also had a a uh, bar a woodworking factory where they were building bars and and which is uh, where the the bar for the Brooklyn and that's, was carved, that's, right? that's all that all that right the, the German woodworkers that we were talking about was there was a factory on on wow. Moore Street uh, also not too far from here and they uh, they they built bars there and I think the building where Otto Huber Brewery was is still there right and the you building can, is still you can there. see the OH in in the uh, that's right. in the edifice right. there, and I think there's a bar in there now, right? Didn't there someone is. open a someone? I, I, believe so. I believe so. And I think right after we conclude this uh, radio program, that Joel and I <coughs> and Damon are going to be taking questions over <laughs> at that bar. So uh, stop on by if you want to uh, join We're us good. and hoist one up. It'll definitely be questionable. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. So that's amazing. Okay, so like they, <laughs> I just got that. Now. So you, you, and you have to realize it, what happened when they when they financed, uh, uh, which is totally illegal nowadays. Or I, yeah. or I would totally it's like ask payola, for. right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, they, 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 of course, it was a tied bar, and mm-hmm. and so they only sold uh, the the Otto Huber products there, and their beer, um, their their. Uh, most important beer they they made was called Goldenrod. Goldenrod Lager. Yeah, and uh, you know it was a German German brewery, so it was mostly lager. Hence uh, the the old PJ Hanley's place turning into what they call Goldenrod. And they right. had the Otto Huber. That's right, because uh, it was also a tight bar. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they the breweries um, not only supplied the beer, they supplied everything. They supplied cigars. They supplied the liquor, uh, the wine, all the beer. They could only sell Otto Huber products from that bar. And uh, even the they even provided the ice. They provided, you know, but before uh, refrigeration, so they they had ice yeah. delivery. Um, everything had to be paid to the brewery. They're a full service facility. Yeah, and you know the brewery owners got rich, and uh, the bar owners scraped by. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's how it works. I can relate with that. <laughs> um, so. You're still a good tipper, though, Damon. I, yeah, I try. I try. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so, so. Let's talk about. I mean, like, what happened? I mean, obviously, this this bar was built you know, very long ago, and it's seen many things historically. Um, I, the one of the things I don't really know much about is like what what happened with this bar during Prohibition. Yeah. So the um, at that at that point, uh, the bar was owned by the Heisenbudel family. Martin Heisenbudel uh, ran the bar. Lived upstairs. Lived upstairs. Just with like his, the Zyners. With his family, yes. This is after after the Zyners had passed on. And, um, uh, you know, they referred to bars in New York were always referred to as cafes. Mm-hmm. And there was a law that they had to serve food, although uh, some of them served the same sandwich over and over and <laughs> collected it back at the end of... At the end of each, we uh, have one visit. sandwich. We have one sandwich. We're sell it to you. Keep yeah. moving but it around. Eat it. Yeah, because <laughs> we have to sell the same sandwich to the next person. That's amazing. But oh. uh, you know, the German bars actually had a reputation for having good food, mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, Dora Heisenbudel cooked upstairs in the family kitchen. And there's a dumb waiter, old, the remnants of an old dumb waiter in the in the room, 
um, where they brought the food down and had decent food at, at German bars. They were famous for their clam chowder. That's right, on Fridays. On Fridays. <laughs> and at, down at the end of the bar, you can see what looks like, uh, it's like almost like a burnt ring at the end, where I like to think is where they had the... Uh, like a pot of chowder. Yeah, like they were, they were yeah, the heating terrain. up the, the terrine, right, yeah. exactly. That's, so, what I like. That's what I see when I see that, that, awesome. that circle at the end. When, I just wonder what that was. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, when Prohibition was, was approaching, um, the Heisenbudel family, they're actually tenants in the building, and they paid rent to the Otto Huber Brewery. The Otto Huber Brewery wanted to get out of the business uh, when they saw Prohibition uh, coming. And so the Heisenbudel family bought the building from the brewery, and uh, they kept it going as a cafe. And um, when prohibition uh, came into effect, you know, people in Brooklyn didn't really weren't interested in that, uh, and and the city government wasn't very interested in it, in it either. And the police were never really told to enforce uh, prohibition, um, but there were federal agents walking around looking for it. And um, so they, they they just they were just discreet. They they served alcohol. Um, but they kept it hidden. Just like now, it's a family establishment. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was we, closed though for a while. Did, it did, was. They did it shuttered for they, they eight fa- weeks. Or they something? found alcohol uh, in the bar once, and they and uh, a judge uh, ordered the bar, the cafe, closed for eight months. And um, one of the neighbors commented that he'd walk by the building every day, and he would see. Uh, Martin Heisenbudel behind the bar just polishing the glassware. <laughs> Didn't know what to do with himself. Wow. Waiting, for, Waiting. The, for the next drink yeah. to be served. Every day he was in there. You know, we had the opportunity to, uh, through the research of the book, uh, researching the book, uh, Joel found out that there was uh, a, uh, what do you think, was it the great-great-granddaughter? No, uh, uh, um, great- grand- Martin's granddaughter. Martin's granddaughter, yeah. Joan Quick. Uh, and he said, "Here's her phone number." And I said, well, you know, "I'm just going to call her up." <laughs> and uh, you know, I called her down in Florida, and you know, "Hello, hi. Uh, this is coming out of left field, but my name's Tom Vaught, and I'm a I'm a barman at the Brooklyn Inn on the corner of Bergen and Hoyt." And she said, "Oh." The old saloon, <laughs> and it started to open up this relationship and a dialogue between us that culminated in. Uh, she she grew up in the bar. Yeah, she grew up upstairs. She was born upstairs, grew yeah. up, and rem- we talked on the phone at first, and she remembered every Sunday coming down and uh, sitting at the end, at the, the very last bar stool, while the rest of the family just scrubbed the bar from top to bottom every Sunday. Wow, and so it it, it culminated in uh, her uh, and her two her, sons, her sons and, and daughter, and daughter. Uh, brought her to the bar. Uh, it was the first time she had stepped foot in the bar in more than fifty years. In fifty wow. years, and uh, her son Ken had reached out to us and said, "Well, you know, Mom is uh, she might have a touch of the Alzheimer's, and you know, we're, we're moving in that direction." So. We want to bring her down just one more time to the old saloon. And uh, so we were there waiting with coffee and a coffee cake and, uh, you know, a couple glasses of wine on the side. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, they walked in and you could see, I, 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 unfortunately, my mother suffered and eventually died from Alzheimer's. 
And so I was focused on her when she walked right through the door, and you could see her eyes widen and just brighten. And for a moment, she was transported back to her youth, looking uh-huh. around the room. And she said it again. She looked around and said, the old saloon. That's... And I, you know, like my heart swelled and, and, and and you could just see her. She was a little girl for a moment and we spent the afternoon with them. It was was beautiful. It was a special moment tonight. You know, I wouldn't have ever expected uh, my research starting with some old files at the city archives would lead to something like that. Something emotional and uh, heartfelt. To to really, you know, it was meaningful to, you know, to, for her and her and her children to see that. I remember. I remember looking over at you when we saw that, and being like, "I grabbed on. I grabbed Joel's arm, and I said, we we've done something good, buddy.' Mm-hmm. You know, it's incredible, man. That's <laughs> you know, it's it's great to see something positive coming out of yeah of this old bar, yeah, man. Yeah, this old it's, saloon. It's amazing. That's uh, it's a it's a wonderful story. We man. had no idea it was going to go, you know, culminate in something like such a beautiful uh, moment like that, man. It's hard to even. It's hard to even like grasp how powerful that moment yeah, must cool. have been. It's great, but you know, and we sent them copies of the book, which we haven't even yeah. talked about. Yeah, Joel's reluctant because he's, he's such a master behind the pen and put together this incredible history of not only the bar itself but the, the community at large that surrounds the bar, the evolution of the community and the German immigrant experience. Uh, that Joel has, has put together in this book, which we sell at the bar, and people are like, "Oh, is, is it on Amazon?" It's like, "No, you got to talk to the bartender." No, man. <laughs> if you if you want it, man, you know we're yeah, fine. You got to come you know? and get it. You got to, you know, because it's one thing to get the book, but <laughs> it's a whole other thing to experience it. Yeah, to read the book in the bar. It's you know, yeah. it, you know <laughs> it, I want to I want to share the information with people that really sure. care, care about the bar. Yeah, yeah, and you know. I'd rather sit at the bar reading that book than being, you know, staring at my cell phone, too. <laughs> yeah, and you can actually order a drink from the guy that wrote the forward. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Yes, thank, you, thank you, Tom. For your thank, for- you, thank you, Joe. For writing the forward. <laughs> it was an honor to be asked. <laughs> Guys, I... I keep- I, I've been trying to get you on the show for a while, man. Oh, and I'm yeah, man. so psyched that you made the time to come out. Definitely. I love hearing about. I, I learned so much today, personally. Like I, I, every time I go to that bar, it's uh, it's one of my favorite spots in the world, and uh, it's really been a pleasure having you on the show to talk to me more about it. I really encourage anyone listening to the show to go check out the Brooklyn Inn on Bergen and Hoyt in Brooklyn, New York. It's an amazing place, and Get the book while you're there. Yeah, man, come on down on uh, you know, come see old Tom Vaughn on Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah, man, you'll that's the re- locals' night. Yeah, you'll run into me there for sure. <laughs> you run into me too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Joel's there, but only come down if you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much, Tom. Thank you, Joel. David. Thanks Pleasure for coming to be on the here, show today. And uh, you can definitely, definitely expect for. Uh, for me to be there whenever you're around and and other nights too and also you can come find us at the Otto Huber brewery oh yeah for the, <laughs> for the Q&A that's right yeah for the Q we'll the post show Q&A alright guys that's it for the speakeasy this week tune in to Heritage Radio Network for many many other programs like this until then cheers let's go get a beer alright sounds good buddy you're sober,
Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.